Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Nuck If You Buck. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads podcast network, including Cavalier Central, Daily Thunder, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, At the Buzzer, and Lakers Fast Break. Plus our coaching-focused podcast, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks show hosted by me, Devin Zanskis, and brought to you by Hoop Heads, as always. Today, I'm coming at you solo, but we have the Bucks journey to the 2021 Eastern Conference Finals to cover. That's right. It's it's pretty surreal. Still, it's still sinking in for me. I'm sure it is for uh, plenty, plenty of listeners out there. Um, as talking with many individuals after the game. Uh, it just this just didn't seem like an outcome that was going to end in the Bucks' favor, uh, given the given the deficit at halftime. K- KD sinking the jumper uh, directly on the three point line descended into overtime, and then um, and then struggles into overtime as well. PJ Tucker fouling out. Bruce Brown is showing up in the biggest moments, creating extra possessions. But uh, the Bucks really rose to the occasion, uh, particularly led by Giannis Antetokounmpo with 40 points, 13 rebounds, five assists. And really, he was hitting on all cylinders, including uh, a couple ill-advised threes. But we've definitely seen a worse clip from him knocking down over half of his 14 free throw attempts and yeah, shooting of course a high percentage in the paint and overall uh, from the field Um, as, (laughs) as, as much joy as many of us have probably felt this past couple weeks and bonding through FKD chance, of course, hats off to Kevin Durant, like Giannis said himself, he might be the best player Best player in the game right now. Kevin Durant finished this game. Uh, uh, let's see. At least, well, this is the second game in the past three games in which Kevin Durant has had either 49 or 48 points. This time along with uh, nine rebounds, six assists. Um, however, this is also the second consecutive game in which the Bucks held Kevin Durant to 50% or less uh from the field which will always uh be a win uh despite how many shots that he gets up and rightfully so um given the overtime battle uh despite the continued slander of mike budenholzer and rightfully so uh we had a couple of our bucks get into get into the 50 minute mark uh Giannis right there exactly at 50 and chris middleton with 52 uh nearly to match kevin durant's 53 minutes and yeah, I it's it's tough to even know where to begin. I pretty much summarized all of my points there uh, in short order, but uh, of course the final <laughs> the final possession of this series is one that many of us will remember. And <laughs> luckily, Drew Holiday leaves us um, with a with a with a better taste. Um, 
of his performance after rough shooting throughout all of this series. Um, but last possession of the game, Kevin Durant, top of the key, behind the three-point arc again. And and uh, hard, hard to believe, but Drew Holiday forces Kevin Durant, of all people, to airball. Um, he, he and Chris also um, came up big, not only in overtime, but in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Bucks had... Uh, I believe an 8-0 run from the uh, from the three to the two minute mark in the fourth quarter, uh, largely between the two of them. Um, I know Chris had Chris had a three, and Drew Holiday hit hit a couple step backs as well. One from the one from the left arc, and then another from from uh, right baseline. And then. Uh, be remiss if I forgot to mention that uh, Chris Middleton was the one who who ultimately hit the dagger with with a uh, with a short uh, turnaround jumper in the paint to give to give the Bucks uh, the one thirteen one eleven victory just before that uh, Drew Holiday stop and then Giannis himself also had uh, had a huge one as well to tie it up with that uh, little floater push shot. Um, over over a Nets big that he seemed to just reveal in the nick of time in this series because uh, really as long as long as uh, Giannis is able to get to get to his spot there um, you know it's it seems it seems like he can knock those down uh, at a pretty good clip and it's also a shot that he doesn't he doesn't put himself at risk of a of an offensive foul because unfortunately in in today's game. Um, physicality isn't isn't always rewarded and the rules do favor uh smaller players so that's why sometimes Giannis doesn't get the best whistle but uh at the end of the day that that's the way it is uh across across all of the league and I did mention it earlier as well but um especially the beginning of overtime was was quite excruciating probably for both sides maybe more so for the bucks early on as as the nets had um i don't i don't think they ever had a lead greater than a couple possessions but they held on for at least half of overtime um as the bucks kept on allowing off uh, offensive pos- offensive possessions but for the most part we we were able to get stops each time um excluding a uh Excluding a Bruce Brown uh, wide open offensive rebound for a layup, um, and of course his Bruce Brown's floaters reaching reaching to the stars will be burned into into Bucks fans' memories at least for uh, for the rest of the playoffs. And uh, we also won't forget that we do technically have to give Bruce Brown credit for dunking on Giannis and maybe another buck at one point earlier in the game, but. Uh, Scoreboard is all that matters in that case. Um, I guess I'll share I'll share part of my unique experience in watching and watching this game, and that was when Kevin Durant hit hit that shot to tie the game, and of course with his foot with his foot on the line, um, it's hard it's hard to believe that that he was uh, that that was ruled a two point jump shot at that point. I believe myself and everybody else in the Deer District um, felt that we were going home, and it was and it was just Wisconsin fans' fate that that we would lose in the most tragic fashion. And i i had I had at least an ounce of hope at the time until uh, when the referees called a uh, <laughs> when when the referees were were signaling for for a review of a review of the shot. Uh, to see whether or not it was a it was a two two or a three, and uh, completely ignorant of those of us watching the Deer, Deer District who don't get the audio, with the ref signaling the review of the three point jump shot and holding up his three fingers at that point, I thought all hope was gone. But thankfully, that was not the case, <laughs> and uh, and Brooke Lopez was was uh, was able to was able to actually uh sleep at night knowing that that his uh <laughs> that his uh, shot clock violation will not be um uh, 
will be forgotten sooner rather than later in Bucks fans' memory. Of course, I'm referring to a side out that the Bucks got uh, directly before that Kevin Durant shot to put it into overtime, where where we got it into Brook and and uh, he was off balance, falling over, but. With with so few seconds seconds on the shot clock, there's really no excuse to to at least get get like get a volleyball touch towards the basket. Of course, we don't want to harp on him much at all because what's because what was the likelihood of that shot going in anyway? Um, and, and it all worked out in the end. But yeah, come on, Brookie, you you got to get a shot up there. Anything can happen. It's kind of the same uh, foolishness. That you see, of course, this is in the regular season, but it's always so puzzling to me when uh, when guys won't just chuck up shots at the at the end of a quarter in the regular season. Uh, I've heard heard that an excuse there is that guys don't want to uh, diminish their field goal percentages by chucking up a shot at the end of the quarter. But if that's really what you're concerned about, and you think you're gonna you think you're gonna miss out on 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 millions and a contract extension or something because you're because you're chucking up shots at the end of a quarter i don't know it sounds like you don't have your priorities straight and and uh maybe you're not destined to maybe you're not destined to compete in games like this anyways but uh, i digress i'm not in that position and it's 100 percent well it's not 100 percent relevant to this situation um yeah, I mean, I I already completely mentioned this point, but I'll again emphasize um, the reassurance that ev- that uh, especially Drew Holiday in this case, but um, e- even if our guys aren't having the best shooting nights in uh, in Chris and and Drew, that that they won't sink in the moments and they'll still uh, be able to pick to pick their spots and and uh, and you know create their own shot when we need it the most and. Uh, Luckily, in this in this instance, late late in the fourth quarter on that 8-0 run, um, from the three to the two minute mark in the fourth, uh, they were able to to convert and save the Bucks season. Uh, really, because even though Giannis had had a fantastic game where he seemed to be seemed to be getting to the basket at will, but but also making making his shots even even at the free throw line. Uh, yeah, we were we're gonna need help help from other guys, which. Thankfully, we were able to get here. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll discuss Giannis's free throws. Well, def, uh, at least later on in this podcast. But if not, and uh, maybe every other episode that I do. But uh, I found it interesting. A friend of mine, uh, David O'Keefe, uh, Davey, Dave, Dave. If you're listening, listening out there, shout out to you and your continued support. Uh, Always, always love hearing hearing from the fans. But David brought it to my attention that it could even be of service to Giannis when he's um, when the other team is is chanting chanting the uh, timer at him. Um, you know, a, a, a clear debunking argument would be that that if Giannis actually did care about the timer uh, much at all, that that he wouldn't even have this. This routine that he does, which is clearly frustrating to all fans, but you have to think he's he's at least somewhat cognizant of it, given that he's releasing right around that 10 second or more mark every time. But um, David suggested that uh, if he is keeping that timer in his head at all, that, that that's just one less thing that he has to think about when he's doing his free throw routine. And that could be of service to him and maybe is a testament to his actually uh, above 50% shooting mark from the line this evening that uh, that brought home the victory. Um, another anecdote that makes this makes this win uh, all the more shocking. I don't want to say shocking, of course, um, as, as the Bucks were the trendy pick in this series going into it. Um, even though we had a couple of those rough contests that could have cost Bud his job, despite the um, competitive series, um, it's still tough to imagine, given how how phenomenal PJ Tucker has been um, guarding Kevin Durant, um, doing as good as good a job as just about anybody in the NBA could do. Um, the fact that 
he got himself to follow out in the fourth quarter by foolishly swiping at Blake Griffin after they got tangled up a bit um, on a screen. Um, pretty crazy to think that we pull it out after missing PJ and our best Kevin Durant defender. Um, but yeah, going forward, PJ has to know that he can't wind up and swipe at a guy like that when he has five fouls. That's Honestly, to me, that that's a lot more annoying than than Brooke not getting a shot shot up at the end of uh, at the end of the shot clock later on in the fourth quarter. Um, both incredibly costly moments for the Bucks, and uh, yeah, good 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 thing this was our night. But otherwise, the rest of the game did not look great for the Bucks as we were trailing. All throughout, all throughout the game, pretty much up until the third quarter, and again a testament of my experience from last night, first time in the Deer District for me um, all season since we're an elimination game. Um, I don't have I don't have the same detailed game notes, but uh, of course I got I got to keep some of the fandom uh, in me. Can't be all professional. And speaking of which, it, I found it uh, quite coincidental that. That right as the Bucks were taking their first lead, right right in front of me, there was a huge uh, fight that nearly broke out in the Deer District. Everybody clearing out. You know, it, it looked like we'd we'd be seeing security running in, some some blows thrown. You know, um, I had I had that moral hazard of of whether or not I want I want to get get my phone out and record the action that's happening in front of me, um, or if I want to want to keep watching this Bucks run, but. Um, maybe I shouldn't be making, making uh, too light of the situation, but it was honestly comical because I've never seen, seen such aggression between, between a group of guys not end up in blows, um, as a clear fight circle broke out and there were, there were dudes yelling at each other and getting in each other's faces, but there was nothing more than just, than, than just a, a couple, uh, a couple gym class shoves to each other. It was... It was pretty crazy, and yeah, just just another interesting moment that that you get when you uh, when you don't isolate yourself to soak up every single second of the game action. Uh, you know, when 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 you're when you're when you're able to get out there um, with everybody else and the rest of the Bucks fans, there's sometimes more action there than uh, than what's on the court. And you know, I say all that in. Uh, just to emphasize that I'm thankful it didn't end up in blows and nobody got hurt and it was a good time. The Bucks won. What can I say? Um, the only other interesting note that that I had here from this game, uh, I'm sure I'm missing something as this is will likely be, I feel confident saying this might be the most memorable Bucks game uh, of my lifetime moving forward, but um I thought it was interesting that we that we saw some Thanasis action as early as I believe the seven minute mark in the first quarter, which um, you're going to be hearing hearing that a lot that there there's some Thanasis action all throughout this this series. But I sort of uh, I sort of let my guard down a little bit to that as uh, once I realized that that most of these possessions with Thanasis were coming at the end of quarters in which Thanasis would. Uh, could come in on a, on a defensive possession, bring in an extra spark of energy to close out the quarter, and then of course hype, hype up the fans. So really odd that in the most important game of of uh, of his brother's career that that we would get Thanasis, uh best case scenario our our tenth man with injuries out there so early in the game, but so be it. And whew, yeah, still. I'll just repeat that um, just a common theme in, in speaking to speaking appears after this this contest that um, kind of unbelievable that the Bucks pulled out this game and the series um, considering that that this Bucks team hasn't had the best track record in terms of perseverance but um, but this game will will be a testament to that perseverance if. Uh, if hopefully we see more of it going forward in these playoffs and and yeah it just kind of uh caused me to think more about um 
how negative Bucks fans can be, and and I'm sure, and of course they have plenty of ammunition. But as host of this show, I feel I've always kind of subconsciously felt that it was my role to be a bit more of an of an optimist for the team when when uh when every when everybody seems uh, particularly down and unreasonably um, pessimistic. I th- I think it I think it maybe is uh I'm I I have I have a theory that 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 kind of just more so speaks to um some I'll call it small market syndrome because I I have a hard time believing that other small markets don't kind of go through these same tribulations and and chalk it up to the fact that we're not in L A or New York and we're not we're not just signing guys like LeBron James and Kevin Durant off the scrap heap but um. Hopefully, in the absence of that, that will make uh, wins like this all the sweeter. And uh, you know, knock on wood, if this is truly the peak, the peak of this playoffs. Remember that um, that every year only one in thirty teams can win it all. I know it's a cliche, but it's that for a reason. And uh, yeah, I. For better or worse, uh, disagree with this whole uh, Wisconsin sports fan curse out there. You know, I, I I don't I don't think that negative I don't think that negativity brings any uh, positive uh, juju at all to the Bucks' chances. Of course, we don't have any direct control over 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 the end outcome of these games. So, yeah, just hold hold on to hope, Bucks fans, because honestly, at this point. Um, I haven't gotten a chance to to hear the, hear the national uh, media's point of view, but um, many of us should remember that going in going into this this series, um, it was a popular opinion that that the team that comes out of this series might be the championship favorite. And lo and behold, the Bucks overcome the Nets in Game Seven. Still Bucks and six for the culture, but. Um, we might be moving on to a new era in Bucks in seven. Now I'm going to continue moving moving along here in uh, reverse chronological order because, of course, to get to a game seven, got to win game six, and the Bucks were able to, able to do so behind uh, a Chris Middleton uh, playoff career high of 38 points to go along with. Uh, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, and 5 steals, 12-20 shooting from the field, and um, yeah, I believe this is 6 of 10 from 3, is that correct? I didn't actually notate if that was from the, yeah, 6 of 10 from 3. I feel confident in that. Chris definitely did not shoot 6 of 10 from the line. He's not Giannis. Live podcasting, everybody. But um, again, notably, like I had mentioned, this was the first of two games in the row in a row where Kevin Durant shot 50% from the field or below um, uh, for Kevin Durant, 15 of 30 shooting from the field, two of two of eight from three and uh, O of two from the line. Um, so that's 30 points on 30 shots, uh, 11 rebounds and three assists and a 104, uh, 98, uh, Bucks victory. This was um, this was the first of the past two games where uh, I was able to to escape my my little Bucks analyst hundred uh, percent uh, focus realm and go out and enjoy the game with some friends at a uh, at Pete's Pub. So shout out Pete's Pub on Brady. Uh, Bucks here with with their same starters and uh, the Nets with their usual usual suspects as well. Early on, I, I noticed that both teams were struggling behind the three-point arc uh, as after the first quarter uh, uh, from from the beyond the three-point line, the Bucks were one of nine and the Nets were uh, three of ten. And uh, it looked pretty good for the, for the Bucks right away uh, at five-serve forum. It's always it's always a good good sign when you see more of when you see see a little more ball movement uh, compared compared to earlier in this series we did of course get get a little bit of the nasty action uh however here this was towards the end of the first quarter as opposed to uh game seven 
And uh, Bucks led pretty much all throughout here, starting with the first quarter, uh, 26 to 19. Giannis with 11 points and seven rebounds to Kevin Durant's 10.7 rebounds after one. Um, sit, sitting next to uh, my guy Andy, he he mentioned to me going into into this game that he's he swore that Chris had been hit had been uh, particularly hitting more and ones than usual. And right on cue at the beginning of the of the uh, at the beginning of the uh, second quarter, there uh, Chris would do just that, and uh, not only an and one, but a but a four point play. Um, but the Nets would respond with a 9-0 run from the six six and a half to the four and a half minute mark in the second quarter. Um, but the Bucks would still have a. 10 point lead at halftime 59 to 49 Giannis with with 11 points or pardon me 19 points 11 rebounds and three assists to Harden's 14 points um two rebounds four assists uh Nets got a lot out of James Harden in this game which was certainly unpredictable uh given the previous uh the Kevin Durant game in game five where Harden was scoreless going into the third quarter uh, whereas going to the third here, of course, he's the leading scorer. So did not look like a great recipe uh, for the Bucks, but but yeah, really these past two games, um, Bucks were defending Kevin Durant just just as much as uh, as any team could, given given the the flamethrower that he has, and of course the supporting cast around him, which um, it's much it's much easier said than done um, when people. Um, Throw, throw their hands up and ask why we're not why we're not doubling Kevin Durant. Well, a lot of that might have to do with the fact that he has James Harden next to him. Even if uh, even if Kyrie Irving didn't play the rest of the series, and of course uh, Joe Harris, um, one of the most prolific three point shooters, and uh, Blake Griffin obviously had a, had an outstanding series to the dismay of Bucks fans. I'm sure he's he's established. He Blake established himself as a public enemy number one here in the four one four. Going back to that uh, twenty nineteen uh, first round series with the Pistons, um, capped off of course by that PJ Tucker uh, swipe and uh, call, calling for the ball uh, off of either a Chris or a, or a Drew Holiday. Um, knee uh, in the very late moments of uh, game seven however yeah <laughs> i say all that um of course just to um emphasize the fact that if we do have the personnel to match up with uh, kevin durant one-on-one um because we all know it's going to be difficult to stop him anyhow but um if we could slow him down which we um <laughs> well we if you hold Kevin Durant to 32 points like we did in this one, I would say that we success that we successfully slowed him down. I can't um, looking at the box score from Game Seven. If he did end up with 48, it's uh, it's a little harder to say that we slowed him down. But I, I think it counts given the fact that he that those 48 points were put up in 53 uh, minutes and uh, on less than 50 percent shooting from the field. Um, I also felt that uh, in the face of elimination, uh, ultimately, it was uh, noticeable that the Bucks brought a higher intensity to this game um, as opposed to others. Um, I often find myself quite frustrated with the Bucks when uh, when uh, when we find Giannis slow walking it uh, up the court more times than not. It, it just feels like like uh, like the next play will be one of those early early shot shot clock jumpers. So. Um, Again, less less of that in these past two games. Maybe uh, maybe that has something to do with the series victory. But yeah, I found myself asking myself if if the Bucks truly had higher intensity in Game Six, or or if I just had more drinks than I normally would be because I was because I uh, accepted the fact that I should be out there watching the game with friends, given given the face of elimination and not just uh, alone trying to soak in every single uh, millisecond of this contest. Um, it's funny I mentioned that that the Bucks uh, weren't shooting as many early early uh, shot clock 
shot clock jumpers and I think Giannis's shot selection had been better in these in these last two games however it um it was quite apparent that Giannis was passing out of plenty of jump shots even more so than usual I think um However, passing out of so many shots, it was kind of, kind of surprising that he still only ended up with three assists uh, at the end of the game. Um, and keeping within the theme of these last two games, uh, Drew Holiday was was especially struggling, uh, not only these past two games, but really all throughout the series, especially Game Six here. Um, he was he was one of ten on threes, which is uh, about the worst case scenario we can reasonably expect. However, that went along with uh, four steals. Um, already in the third quarter. Um, and yeah, going one of 10 on threes, quite puzzling for, for a guy like Drew Holiday, who, um, if you had to use one word to describe him, it was steady throughout the regular season. Um, but yeah, he just has, he just hasn't been knocking down those same step backs until, until ironically late in game seven, um, that patented, um, uh, crossover, Looks like you're going to drive, but you're actually stepping back beyond the three-point arc. Um, that uh, that poetic signature move of uh, Drew Holiday's, for lack of a better word, that we've all grown to love. But yeah, not falling, and at least until we need it most. So still shout out Drew Holiday. Here's to, here's to a better Eastern Conference Finals. After three quarters, the Bucks. Uh, led it 78 to 67. Uh, Chris Middleton already at this point with 27 points, seven rebounds, four assists to Kevin Durant's 25 points, 10 rebounds, and two assists. Uh, early on in the fourth quarter, uh, the Nets went on a 10-0 run to, to strike fear in the Bucks' eyes from uh, that 10-0 Nets run uh, from the 11 to the eight and a half minute mark in the fourth. Uh, however, uh, this is where Chris Middleton really, really made a name for himself, um, as if he has in a billion other times, but as a true, uh, num- number two, uh, option at the very least, as he slowed the bleeding, leading a 14 0, uh, Bucks run from the eight to the six minute mark directly after that, uh, 10 0 Nets run. And then, uh, Midway through the fourth, that's where we would get our huge Giannis uh, Statue of Liberty dunk uh, on Jeff Green immediately after an offensive rebound. Um, still plenty plenty of clock left in this one, but uh, no surprise that the, that the Nets weren't able to, to bounce back after the after that. Um, especially easy to feel feel the mo- momentum there. Watching it with friends at a again there at a at Pete's pub and of course uh it was at that point where where I got a uh, huge Giannis dunk and all of a sudden I find myself with the uh, beer spilt all over myself um of course not my own doing for once as as klutzy as I am surprisingly uh someone else was the culprit but that's where the game notes stopped there um Giannis uh really really giving uh, giving Nets fans uh, no more hope for game game six and my game notes uh, uh, no more hope for game six Bucks pull it out 104 uh, 89 uh, Chris Middleton a huge game here as I mentioned uh, 38 points which is a uh, playoff career high for him um, I believe shoot I I figured with this full slate of action here this past week, uh, four games that <laughs> that that I might get uh, some of these incredible moments uh, mixed up. But I believe it was halfway through game two. I'd be remiss if I uh, didn't mention the fact. Uh, Charles Barkley, shout out to him. It feels like he's he's the all time he's the all time jinx, uh, continually picking the Trailblazers, and now he apparently uh, appears to be the number one Milwaukee Bucks fan. Um, Never comfortable when, when Chuck picks the Bucks or really anybody else. Because, um, yeah, his his confidence in us is un, uh, is unbelievable. Um, of course, ironically, uh, he puts it at halftime where he emphasizes that he thinks the Milwaukee Bucks are going to win the championship, but uh, 
candidly says that he thinks that they're the that they're the dumbest team. Um, notably, uh, not taking advantage of mismatches, um, poor shot selection, uh, more and more, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but and yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely hard to, to disagree with him there. But I mean, hey, maybe maybe that maybe that's also. Uh, that's maybe that's also a testament to that uh, small market, um, small market fever that I that I small market syndrome that I had suggested earlier. Um, that goes goes along with the Frank Madden's coined phrase of "never trust the Bucks" because uh, yeah, sometimes it's hard to trust trust them with with the poor execution that they have. But um, but uh, we can also uh, count our lucky stars of the fact that this team's. Uh, Say without a doubt, the healthiest team remaining in the playoffs, which also helps uh, our championship case, and also uh, Mike Boonholzer's uh, case to remain uh, head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks, as uh, not only he but the Milwaukee Bucks live to see another series. Um, and I bring that up somewhat out of the blue because it was also, um, I believe, this was. Um, let's see. Here I'm going in, in reverse chronal, chronicle, chronological order, so that speaks to where that Chuck quote may have been a little uh, out of order in terms of which game it came from. But um, it has to be at least some point in between games, uh, games five and six of these this series, where uh, Rick Carlisle resigned as head coach of the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Dallas Mavericks, although they have uh, themselves uh one of the bona fide um best players in the nba going to be a hot pick for mvp for uh the next uh half decade at least more likely a decade at luka Doncic. somehow their their front office seems to be imploding um donnie nelson um i'm gonna admit embarrassingly that i'm that i'm not uh positive if that's the same uh legendary uh bucks coach down nelson but i think it is i'll go with that um he's been their longtime gm and i believe it was reported that it was that it was a mutual parting of ways between uh him and the mavericks um but um donnie nelson shared that shared that that was not at all the case and he was he was let go on uh not under his own volition um, but yeah, along, along with that, having Carlisle step away from the Dallas Mavericks as well is huge for Bucks fans as, as we were face, facing elimination the past couple of games because, um, uh, because of the obvious, because, um, really until the Bucks win the champ, win the championship, uh, for better, for better or worse, Mike Boonholzer's, um, uh, Status as the coach of Milwaukee Bucks um, will be up in the air, uh, to say the least. And I like to provide a little bit of pushback in Bud's case because people never uh, ask themselves the question of of whom they're going to replace said coach with. I still believe um, that, especially given the coaching market right now. I mean, you. I mean, I think it's a testament that that Jason Kidd is getting thrown into just about every single uh, coaching candidacy out there as anybody else. Um, you know, uh, we should be careful what we wish for. But I also get the case that that um, that sometimes with a coach, definitely more so than than uh, moving on from a player. Like sometimes you do just need just need a new voice in there, and that might be the case if. Uh, you know, it, it helps now that we're as far as the Eastern Conference Finals, but knock on wood, if that doesn't go our way, uh, then we might be looking in another direction. And I believe uh, Rick Car- Car- Carlisle, the, in addition to uh, Nets assistant uh, Mike D'Antoni, uh, former Rockets head coach, um, of course, coach uh, Harden and P.J. Tucker for many years, uh, I think Rick Carlisle is uh, the only other guy besides D'Antoni who's uh, who's in a similar tier 
in terms of proven uh, head coaches available uh, on the market if Bud were to get fired. Um, and Carlisle and Dan Tony are probably, also, uh, if anything, a tier above Bud, too, given all the Bud slander out there. So Carlisle is definitely a name uh, to, to monitor um, if things don't go the Bucks' way here, because I think no matter what, uh, Bucks fans would love to see Bud go. But heck, as uh, as Brian Winhurst always says, uh, if if you win a championship, knock on wood, no one can tell you anything. Same would apply to Bud. And heck, that's the end game. And if we get there, I'll build the SOB a statue. <laughs> I really, really, really couldn't care less who who our coach is if if they get us to a championship. All right. Now I'd like to take a moment to share a word from our new sponsor, Manscaped. Support for Nook If You Buck Today is brought to you by Manscaped. They're the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. That's right, 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. That's 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code Giannis. That's G-I-A-N-N-I-S at manscaped.com. Imagine shaving with a sleek, well-designed and optimized trimmer that makes shaving time your favorite time in in the bathroom. I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0 and I'm blown away by its performance. Uh, The craftsmanship and the details on the 4.0 are next level. I, like every brave soldier, have endured endured more battle wounds than I'd like to admit. In addition, while using a conventional razor, you're you're putting yourself um, in harm's way more often than necessary, and you're subjecting yourself to way uh, too much cleanup. Now with Manscaped, uh, you can use their waterproof, uh, that's right, not just water-resistant, waterproof lawnmower 4.0 in the shower, allowing yourself... Uh, to have a more effective shave more often and with less hassle. Uh, I know it's likely common for men like myself to to think that they don't have have the time um, to have all all the attention to detail uh, necessary uh, in addition to all the cleanup uh, that you would have with a normal uh, razor to, to feel your best a hundred percent of the time, and you might, you might, uh, you might save the job for, I don't know, perhaps uh, game seven, uh, winner go home, uh, watch party at the Deer District, in which in which you might, uh, you might somehow meet meet a beautiful Bucks fan like yourself, Manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent uh, functionality and incredibly comfortable grooming experience. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. Now I feel more confident when I'm shaving my boys. The Lawnmower 4.0 even allows you to customize your trim through additional guard lengths with sizes one through four. Did I mention wireless charging? The new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which can help battery length last longer. Men, if you're shaving with the same nut trimmer on your face, you've been doing it all wrong. I mean, come on, guys. Do people really do this? You you men are despicable, I must say. You give us all a bad name. But it's time for... You to get your own ball hair and body trimmer with Manscaped to make me time the best time and enhance your confidence with some nice smooth boys. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Giannis. That's G-I-A-N-N-I-S at manscaped.com. It's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Again, when you use the code Giannis, that's G-I-A-N-N-I-S. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for your family jewels with Manscaped. All right, now back to the less important uh, balls here. Um, 
Now the most heartbreaking uh, ball of the week, and that was uh, game five in which uh, everyone will remember as the Kevin Durant game, which may feel like a century ago at this point. But the Bucks gave away a 16-point first-half lead uh, against the Nets um, with a hobbled James Harden who couldn't drive uh, one iota at that point, seriously limited throughout this series, obviously. It was revealed he had a grade 2 hamstring sprain um, throughout this series. But Kevin Durant would not need any help as he posts the first-ever 45-point, 15-rebound, 10-assist game in playoff history against the Milwaukee Bucks. So they dropped that lead. Um, and then, of course, uh, as opposed to uh, as opposed to the last two games of this series, the Bucks really lacked uh, execution down the stretch, uh, most notably Giannis with uh, Butterfingers um, when he could have when he could have tied the game, I believe it would have been uh, tied at 110. However, the Bucks fall 108 to 114. Uh, Kevin Durant, of course, with that um, first 45, 15, 10 game and closed it with 49 points, 17 rebounds and 10 assists. Played all 48 minutes of this game and Giannis, the respectable line, but not... Uh, but not nearly matching Kevin Durant's uh, with Giannis with 34 points, 12 rebounds, four assists. Bucks had the usual suspects starting for them, and the Nets um, would, of course, have the return of James Harden um, filling in for Kyrie Irving, and he'd be playing next to Bruce Brown, Joe Harris, Kevin Durant, and Blake Griffin. Uh, despite the lineup change, we would still see uh, Brooke on Bruce Brown, which makes sense. Uh, given the fact that Bruce Brown has been given, uh, again, that same Draymond Green uh, treatment that I note, which is quite puzzling considering the fact that he was, if anything, a um, strictly a guard. And and, um, I thought in the few time, I'll admit, um, in the, pardon me, the fewer minutes that I've watched Bruce Brown before uh, being a Brooklyn Net, he seemed pretty much like strictly a guard and someone who could run an offense for you, but somehow uh, he gets the Draymond Green treatment from beyond the three-point line. Um, and like I had mentioned early in game six, the Bucks were uh, moving the ball well and also getting to the line, which uh, sparked um, which sparked that early lead for them. Um, of course, some nasty action late in the first. Um, that was more understandable here as Drew, PJ, and Giannis all had all had two fouls going into the second quarter. After the first, the Bucks led 29 to 15, um, and Chris and Jeff Green uh, had eight points each. Yeah, I believe this was. Uh, of course, this is still the Jeff Green. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna joke that this is this is also the Jeff Green game but no this is still the Kevin Durant game but I think this was the game where uh, Jeff Green started out at least six of six from the three-point line um, and then uh, ended up with seven threes which has to be a career high from him uh, in playoff action and um, I'm sure Bucks fans were or uh, were quite concerned when we saw um, some surprising Elijah Bryant action early in the second quarter. And uh, that obviously would coincide with a, uh, with a hot start to the nets uh, in the second quarter. Um, Also notably, this was the first game where um, with increased minutes for, for the rest of our front court, uh, we wouldn't see any more uh, Bobby Portis, Bobby Portis action Uh, on the surface. Very surprising for, for Bucks fans concerning uh, Bobby was the most pleasant uh, surprise for the Bucks this season. But um, if you think about it, um, this just, this just wasn't Bobby's series. Given the fact that the Bucks were forced to play smaller and of course, Dante's uh, injury um, whenever, whenever it was necessary to bring minutes on for others, um, the, the spot, um, Compared compared to where the Bucks were at uh, going into this season, um, ironically, uh, Bucks um, did not need help uh, 
in the front court here as opposed to the back court. So that maybe explains the uh, Elijah Bryant action as opposed to Bobby Portis getting his usual minutes. Uh, we did we did get a big Pat Connaughton quarter, I thought, in game five, um, second quarter there. Um, as as we actually saw some uh, Pat drives to the cut, which is something we, we don't usually get from him. Usually we get... Um, we get uh, a little bit more uh, three-point line to three-point line action with Pat Connaughton with with the exception of some timely cuts. But um, him actually take, taking off the dribble a little bit and getting to the rack with the limited rim protection on the nuts. Or <laughs> on the nuts. <laughs> with the limited rim protection on the nets. Um, yeah, very welcome sighting from Pat Connaughton uh, there. And... Um, also, to the chagrin of, of Bucks fans, again, uh, Game Five here was definitely, uh, definitely not um, a good showing from Mike Budenholzer. But um, Giannis went on a huge run, scoring, I believe, on three consecutive uh, Bucks possessions. But, um, but yeah, Mike Budenholzer uh, took Giannis out uh, right at the end of this run. And this is this is exactly the criticism that that many give Bud that he doesn't ride out these runs when we can really um, when really when we can keep adding uh, to these leads, especially because um, with the uh, with the emergence of three point shooting in this era era, um, it's it's really uh, getting getting more and more dif- difficult to be comfortable with any lead. And this game is a testament to that. Um, as at halftime, the Bucks had that 16-point lead, 59 to 43, that I had mentioned before. But that would, that lead, of course, would not uh, last all too long. At halftime, Giannis with 17 points, seven rebounds, and three assists to Kevin Durant's 18 points, uh, nine rebounds, and three assists. Um, to eat into that. Um, to that uh, Nets deficit, uh, Jeff Green and. And uh, Blake Griffin were sinking threes for them. An example there of why it's why it can be hard to double uh, Kevin Durant at times. Um, however, um, early in the third, Chris and Drew were were providing a bit of help there for Giannis, um, getting into the lane and uh, holding on holding on to that lead for dear life, um, winning the matchup, especially um, as. Uh, James Harden didn't hit his first shot until the seven-minute mark in the third quarter, starting 0 of 6, of course. Um, and then with this huge spark from Kevin Durant, the Bucks started helping uh, more on Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant was able to make them pay. Um, particularly, Pat left uh, Landry Shamit wide open as... <laughs> as uh, Pat ran to the opposite side of the paint that uh, ran to the other side of the paint as opposed to uh, Landry Shamit, his guy, being wide open in the th- wide open uh, in the corner. And that's just too easy of a look for Kevin Durant uh, to find. And he did, and Landry Shamit made Pat pay. Uh, Nets went on a huge uh, 15-5 run uh, between these 7-3 uh, minute mark of the third quarter, and that 16-point lead went down to just six for the Bucks, 87-81 going into the fourth quarter. Uh, Giannis with 26 points, 10 rebounds, and three assists to uh, Kevin Durant's uh, 29 points, 15 rebounds, and eight assists. Um, Kevin Durant would continue shooting over, shooting over the Bucks, including Brooke Lopez, um, but. Uh, Drew Holiday would be able to drive right past Harden in the fourth quarter. This is an example, though, of uh, of what Charles Barkley was saying in the not taking advantage of mismatches, and especially Harden looking the way he did with this great with this grade two ham, hamstring sprain. Uh, there was a lot of criticism uh, tossed at the Bucks for not taking advantage of of Harden's health and not going at him more on the defensive end. Of course. Uh, <laughs> Famously, as we've known throughout his career, despite any hamstring injury, if Harden's able to hold up anywhere on defense, it's in the post. And and uh, and uh, if the Bucks didn't go on to win this series, thankfully, 
uh, Bucks fans would would probably always always remember the play later on in this quarter when Giannis would post up James Harden. James Harden would wave off the double, and Giannis would uh, clank a turnaround jumper off the rim. Um, the Bucks would take their first lead of the game since 0-2 with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. Uh, as the uh, 16-point lead from halftime had completely diminished, and uh, PJ Tucker would get his fourth foul uh, about midway through the, for the through the fourth quarter after poking James Harden in the eye, um, and he wouldn't return until uh, less than a minute left in this game. Um, another fault there of uh, of Mike Budenholzer by being way too conservative and uh, keeping. And keeping his best uh, Kevin Durant defender when Kevin Durant's having the game of his lifetime uh, out of the game uh, and choosing to keep Pat Connaughton in. Um, and uh, the Bucks would show a little bit of little a little bit of life as uh, as they saw their lead completely erased. They would finally start start to run a bit more offense instead of falling back on onto their early shot clock. Uh, jumpers and uh, and isolation basketball and uh, Jeff Green would finally miss a three after his making his first six attempts but he would make he would make another uh, late in the fourth and uh, of course uh, poetically as the game would slip away the ball would slip right out of Giannis's hands uh, exceptionally late in the fourth as as Giannis would have had an opportunity to tie it as he finds himself right right under the rim in the dunker spot where he could have he could have really swung the momentum there for the Bucks but but yeah he uh, wasn't able to hold on to it uh, as the Bucks weren't able to hold on hold on to their early lead either as they would fall to the Nets uh Nets in game five, uh, 108 to 114, uh, in this Kevin Durant game that, uh, that many will never forget. Many were saying that this is one of the best, uh, playoff performances of all time. And it's hard to disagree given that Kevin Durant played every single minute of this action and, uh, got absolutely nothing from his second star, uh, here. And his second star here really was, uh, uh, Jeff Green, of course. All right. Uh, lastly here, I'd like to share a word from our returning sponsor, and that's Thrive Fantasy. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is the daily fantasy sports app for player props. They've eliminated the need uh, to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top-tier athletes in a respective sport. For example, uh, if you're a little bit uh, more casual about the excuse me, if you're a little more casual about one sport like I am with the NFL as opposed to be, being uh obsessive about another like i am with the nba you should still be able to choose five out of ten player prop options to build a lineup even if you're you are casual about said sport uh each prop has a fantasy point total associated with with the over under um based on its likelihood to occur more points the selection's worth the riskier it is you want to rack up the most points you want to share the player prize pool thrives awarded 2.2 million dollars since launching in 2018 including uh having 50 Fifty thousand dollars guaranteed for a lake for the, a late NFL uh, regular season week, and thousands more since the beginning of the NBA season. Uh, to take advantage of this, you'll want to use promo code Giannis. That's G I A N N I S. When you sign up today, you receive an instant deposit match up to fifty dollars or more. Um, or pardon me, you'll receive an instant deposit match of fifty dollars on your first deposit of twenty dollars or more. You can download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store, or you can visit them at their website, www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. All right. Um, now, I'm not going to get into all of my game notes here from game four. Um, as it's a bit of old news at this point, obviously, Bucks uh, took home uh, the rock fight of the Eastern Conference semifinals against the Nets that that everybody had predicted um, would uh, not be a cakewalk at all uh, for either team, and it was not given given a seven game series. Um, however, the Bucks did um, take home Game Four at Fiserv Forum in more convincing fashion, um, one hundred seven to ninety six. Um, and some notes that um, 
basically, regardless of uh, this game here, um, I wanted to share a couple stats that market that Marcus Johnson uh, tweeted out there, uh, saying that uh, on two point field goal attempts, um, when Giannis takes uh, two dribbles or less, he shoots eighty two percent, whereas if he takes three or more dribbles, he's only shooting uh, 44%. And Marcus Johnson also shared that in the 67 minutes of this series, um, pardon me, oh yeah, this must have been uh, up until uh, game four in the six, in the 67 minutes that uh, the Buck starters played uh, together in the Nets series, they held uh, the... Nets to just 86.1 points per 100 possessions and an effective field goal percentage of a uh, 45.6%. So that's so that's uh that would have been a testament that um that it would have behooved the Bucks to to probably match uh to match uh the Nets starters minutes a little closer than uh than Mike Budenholzer's used to. And yeah, after the series victory, there's not much noteworthy uh, from this game four action. Um, besides, us, obviously, the fact that we couldn't have won the series without this win. And I wanted to share a note from my friend, uh, of course, a uh, uh, friend of the pod, Bradley Kaler. He popped on here uh, onto the pod uh, in December when Giannis signed his Supermax. And of course, uh, he famously being a season ticket holder. Uh, when I was speaking to him last night uh, following the series victory, uh, he shared that he thought the turning point of the series was when uh, P.J. Tucker got into Kevin Durant's face. I believe that was in game three and not game four. Um, but he being being in the, the arena, of course, he thought that he thought the series was really slipping away at that point. Uh, the energy was kind of starting to be starting to uh dwindle in the five serve forum and Kevin Durant getting into Katie's face um, face really hyped up the crowd that's when the famous FKD stance uh, chance started and it really um, really brought more life back into uh, five serve forum uh, and of the Milwaukee Bucks in general and uh, hard to disagree with that because uh, I think PJ Tucker PJ Tucker no matter what will be remembered uh, quite fondly uh, in Milwaukee, no matter what he does in the rest of his tenure uh, for the work that he did defending Kevin Durant um, in this series. So yeah, that's that's a wrap on this uh, this uh, incredibly amazing and memorable uh, Eastern Conference uh, semifinals matchup against the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I also wanted to share the news that Giannis was named uh, first team All NBA next to Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Kawhi Leonard, and Nikola Jokic, and he was the only unanimous uh, first team All NBA selection as well. So, um, yeah. Also, just a cherry on top there of this series that um, that that unanimous first team All NBA selection uh, was not a farce and. Uh, Giannis can indeed be the number one on a championship team. Um, I know somehow, I don't think I obviously ever subscribed to that or even gave really, really humored that thought much before, but I guess, I guess I could see some casual saying that giving his, his lack of a jump shot. Um, but you know, that, that's what, that's what, uh, that's what makes our number, our number two A and two B in Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, uh, all the more important. After all, um, in a league with so much talent, like the NBA today, um, no no one's gonna get there uh, all by themselves. As as amazing as Kevin Durant was, uh, of course you 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 need you need more horses to. To ultimately get to the promised land here, he honestly should know that more than anybody else, uh, given his reputation, of course, as uh, with uh, heading to the Golden State Warriors. But that's not what this podcast uh, needs to harp on at this point. 
And yeah, shout out the Milwaukee Bucks, Bucks and seven. And uh, yeah, nobody get too ahead of themselves here because really, if you think it's been uh, a long series and you, like myself, might be quite exhausted at this point, honestly, of the the emotional drain of this this competition uh given the fact that we took care of business in the first round in four games uh i'd say we're we have at least halfway if not uh if not uh at least uh double the action or pardon me i'd say we have at least the length in which we got here yet to go um, given the fact that I don't anticipate that no matter who we face in the next round, um, you know, usually at this at this point in the playoffs, uh, series do uh, take take longer than a sweep. So, yeah, I'd say uh, however, however amount of time and energy that you that you've devoted to this team, I'd say that that we got that we got uh, just as much left um, to go yet. Uh, especially if we truly believe that this is a, a road to the title. Here's to that. Here's to Bucks and Seven. And I'll see you in another life, brother. Thank you for tuning in to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother. <laughs>